Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. Roe v. Wade is dead, but Jezebel is still alive. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom with Holly Mead. An incredible decision that came down on June 24. 5-4 decision overruling the 1973 Roe v. Wade and the 1992 Planned Parenthood v. Casey abortion decisions. Abortion no longer at the United States Supreme Court. The battle has returned to the states, and that battle will be intense. We're already facing a battle in Congress where some are wanting to pass a law that permits abortion, bans the states from restricting abortion across the country. The battle is in the states with various trigger laws, with other kinds of amendments that are going forward, and then also in the state courts as well. So that battle is really going to and is already intensified. Well, you know, Matt, I mean, throughout the Bible, you see that children have been sacrificed. I mean, from the very beginning in Genesis, you know, Satan is after our seed, which is our children. And you see the different ways that the Canaanites, the Israelites, all of those sacrificed their children and the demonic motive behind that. And you see that really being unmasked today in abortion and you see them coming out with this demonic motivation and violence because of this case being overturned yeah you see that you know if you look at the bible a lot of times people think it's just the pagans that sacrifice their children and yeah. burn them in the fire to offer to their gods and that was true it was pagans but it was also uh, the israelites and when we talk about the israelites you know after solomon died the Israelite kingdom broke into two. It was divided into two. Uh, the two tribes under Judah uh, that was in the Jerusalem area, and then the other ten northern tribes that were all the way up to Dan, which is in the north. And it was because of their sacrificing of a, their children that they mimicked the pagans. Right, they were worshiping Baal. They were worshiping Baal, they were worshiping Topeth, they were worshiping right. other gods as well that came in from Phoenicia, and Jezebel was a Phoenician. Phoenicia actually imported or exported its goods. It was a big trading entity on the coast in northern Israel, but it also was filled with paganism. That paganism through Jezebel came uh, throughout the land. Uh, it infected uh, the tribe of Dan. Uh, they created an altar there separate from Jerusalem. What you see is child sacrifice was taken over by the two diverted tribes, Israel, the ten tribes, and Judah, the two tribes. And it was because of that child sacrifice that they ultimately came to an end, and they went into uh, destruction and exile the northern through Assyria, the southern through Babylon. And it was over this issue of child sacrifice. And it's throughout the scriptures where it talks about these nations of uh, Israel and Judah engaging in child sacrifice where they present their children in offering to the gods and burning them in fire. And some of them even presented their, like even some kings presented their own sons uh, and children to sacrifice. So that spirit of Jezebel has been around for a long time. It's it the spirit continues. of death and it's yeah. the spirit of sacrificing children right. made in the image of God. 
And so that is really what's behind this whole abortion decision. And when you see when the decision was leaked before that, and now that the decision is official, you see the face of abortion really, rather than this mask of pro-choice reproductive and reproductive health, health and right freedom choose, and right to choose, safe and a, you, you know, see the legal. evil. You right. see firebombings. You see violence. Uh, you see threats. You see women covering themselves in blood, holding coat hangers, you know, screaming, demonic screaming going on. Yeah, you see Satanists out in front of the United States Supreme Court. Uh, is... They just recently splashed a bunch of red paint on the front steps of the United States Supreme Court. It's walled off, so it's on the lower part of the steps. There's red paint all over the place. We're seeing pregnancy centers be vandalized. Yeah, and firebombed. And I think you're going to see yeah. more of that. It's the spirit of Jezebel. It's the spirit of death. Mm -hmm. And then there's going to be a lot of activity both in Congress to pass an abortion law. It's really a, a key for four different senators. There's two Republicans that are pro-abortion. That's Collins and Murkowski. Two Democrats that are pro-abortion. Those are the keys. That would be Manchin and Sinema. Obviously, all of the ones on the Democratic side are pro-abortion, but the four key people are those four, two on the Democrats, two on the Republicans. Why? Because those four, although they're pro-abortion, they also said they're not in favor of abolishing the filibuster, the 60-vote rule that the Senate has, and that's how we've been able to stop some of these bad laws. If they are so exercised over pushing abortion, if any two of those four vote to abolish the filibuster, which all you need is 51 votes to do that, then they can pass abortion and all the other bad bills. So it's hanging in a very delicate situation, and that's why we need to be very vigilant in Congress, and that's what we've been doing. Yeah, the battle has just begun. I mean, we celebrate this, this historic, you know, overturning of Roe and Casey, but the battle has just begun because, as you said, it goes back to the states, and the fight has just begun. Yeah, and it's now in the states. The fight's happening. We already have some TROs that have been issued by some judges to stop these trigger laws from going into effect. Some of these are laws that were in existence before Roe v. Wade. They were blocked by the Supreme Court's decision back in 1973, but they were never repealed, so they come back into effect. Others are laws that were passed after, anticipating the overturn of Roe v. Wade. So as soon as Roe v. Wade is overturned, they come into effect. And so there's going to be a lot of that kind of litigation uh, going on. And, you know, I must say, Matt, that this is, this is the moment for the church. You know, God has given us this window of grace. He's given us this great uh, overturning of the killing of children. But we as the church have to step up and start speaking about this well, and start and dealing with this. With that, if you went to church on Sunday and your pastor didn't say anything about this decision on Friday? Find another church. Find another church. Because this needs your to be talked about. Your pastor is not about. worth the salt. Right. You know, find another church. Right. This is, children are close to God's heart. If you can't mention this, even mention it from the pulpit. In find another church, get a different pastor, get a different congregation. You know, I'm tired of these churches that are woke and that are saying, well, abortion's okay, blah, blah, blah. No, you are not a true church of the living God. <laughs> you know... They need to find out what really happens. Um, you know, you can you can search for it's an old documentary, and the whole thing's not online. But you can search for it's like a seven ten minute thing that's online. Assignment Life, the mm -hmm. video. That's what changed your life. Yeah, and it was a longer version, but uh, and I have the I have the original. And you were a pastor. Yeah, and I didn't know. That's shocking. 
But, you know, this is an incredible decision because it was this issue of abortion that ultimately changed my direction from the pastoral pulpit right. to law. That education opened your eyes, and that's what needs to be happening. And Roe versus church. Wade was the first legal case I ever read right. as an, in my life. I wasn't an attorney. I was a pastor at the time. I read it in 1983, went to the University of Kentucky Law Library to check it out. But now to see that it's overruled is incredible. And Justice Thomas writes a concurring opinion. Obviously, he agrees with overruling Roe, but he also says that the court ought to re-examine uh, three different cases, Griswold, Lawrence versus Texas, and Obergefell, the same-sex marriage case. Why? Because he says there's no such thing as substantive due process in the Constitution. He's right. Mm -hmm. What the Constitution guarantees is due process. It's procedural, not substantive, meaning that if you have an enumerated right in the Constitution, say, for example, you have property or you have First Amendment right, if the government wants to take that away from you, you have a right to be notified, and you have a right to present your defense. That's it. That's, that's what due process of law is. Why is that significant? Because in other countries, particularly where the founders came from, the government just did whatever they wanted to. They would occupy your house. They would take your property. They would take your license to print. And they would give you no notice, no opportunity to be heard. Due process is procedural, not substantive. But the Supreme Court, over the years, in activist decisions, created due process for contraception. Griswold versus Connecticut, where... Connecticut banned contraception for unmarried people. Why? Because they wanted to support the sanctity of marriage. Why would you be taking contraceptives as an unmarried person unless it's some kind of hormonal reason? Well, it's to have sex outside of marriage. Connecticut did not want to condone that. It went to the United States Supreme Court. Connecticut has the right to do that. That's a state issue. You fight that out on the state level. It's not a constitutional issue. But the Supreme Court in 65 said, oh, uh, we're going to strike it down under substantive due process. Fast forward, you got 1973, Roe v. Wade. Move forward later, you got Lawrence versus Texas. Oh, there's a right to same-sex sodomy, overruling a previous decision that said, no, there is no right to same-sex sodomy. Now move forward to 2015, oh, there's a right to same-sex marriage, even though the Supreme Court before said, no, there is no right to same-sex marriage. It's judge-made inventions that are not in the Constitution, and the Supreme Court needs to move back to the Constitution in a way from this judicial activist history. And that trend is continuing, and it is moving forward as we speak. This is an incredible decision. For more information, go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org. The website again, lc.org.